Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. I'm Gina Jordan. Facial recognition is much more than tagging a friend on Facebook or even trying to pick out a familiar face in a crowd. It's being used extensively now for identification and verification. The FBI says those early algorithms that used basic geometric models have matured into sophisticated mathematical representations and matching processes. Facial recognition has become Dr. Nicole Spahn's career. She got into this line of work with the FBI after 9-11. I had no idea I'd be doing this. My PhD is in geology. My background is looking at the surface geology of the moons of Jupiter. Uh, My focus was on other planets, but I'd say the consistent thing is I always love looking at images to try and understand what's in there, what's the details. You know, the highlights magazines, there were always the what's different between this picture and this picture. I always loved that and trying to find those specific nuances. So I've always been very detail-oriented that way. And what happened for me was that after looking at other planets, uh, 9-11 happened. I'm from New York. My family's in New York. So for me, it became a matter of the government had images of people at the airports, that the hijackers went through airports, they had surveillance, and they couldn't match up the faces because the automated systems didn't exist at the time. And they didn't have enough trained people to look at all the imagery. So that's when I contacted a colleague I knew at the FBI and said, are you guys hiring? So I made the complete switch over and found that the techniques of what I was doing are the same. Same technique to say, okay, did this feature on the face form as a scar or is that a wrinkle? And should I expect to see that same feature in an image five years later? Spawn is now principal facial biometric expert for MorphoTrack, a provider of security solutions through identity management. She's known for designing and conducting intensive face comparison training. I provide training in how does one do the human comparison. So how does the worker sit at the machine and say, is this guy this guy? Or even if you don't have one of our products, how, how does someone look at two images and be able to identify Are they the same person or can I eliminate them as being the same? Spahn has said the prevailing mindset regarding the use of a facial recognition system needs to change. Agencies investing in a system may do a lot of research into servers and maintenance, but probably won't put much effort into the human component of the system. You can go out and invest in the most accurate system out there. But if you don't have a trained staff to then adjudicate the results, the results of laymen being put in front of these face systems is about 50%, no better than chance. So you're then limiting the accuracy of your system by the people you put in front of it. So to think of it as kind of a program rather than a system where it's going to be your human examiners coupled with the system to achieve the maximum accuracy you can get. Here's where I give a big kudos to the FBI because in 2003, I began work as an image examiner or a photographic technologist. We were forensic examiners of both image and video evidence. We had a two-year training program I went through, which involved some courseroom materials, a lot of readings and lectures, seminars, uh, where we would then do a reading, discuss the material we had read. We would have people come in and give us uh, short lectures about different topics. For example, I think we had two days on anatomy. So we went through a range of training in two years to include heavy mentorship. We worked under senior trained examiners uh, who had already been certified by the FBI to do these kind of examinations. And that was a great program. 
very beneficial. At the end of it, we were then certified by the FBI to walk into court, represent them, and to be able to say, is this person that person to the exclusion of all others, which is an extremely high standard. That means they're not going to walk in with a twin and say, could it be this person? That you know it is that person to the exclusion. So we went through that training program and approximately two or three years later, the FBI was looking at getting the facial recognition system they have today as part of the next generation identification program. So the issue then became, we can't subject everyone who's going to work on the system to the two-year training program we had. So how do we kind of distill it down into a lecture course so that we can give everyone the best benefits of our knowledge and send them on their way to then practice and get mentorship along the way, but so they can at least have the good start to begin with. So at that point, I took the topics that we considered foremost at the FBI and began building on those into lecture modules. Um, And that's how I developed the course to begin with. Uh, Along the way, the Facial Identification Scientific Working Group started, and I was the first chair of the subcommittee on training. So of course, I put forth the FBI training program as kind of a straw man and said to the FISWIG, okay, let's beat this up. And is this what we should be doing? Does everyone agree these are the topics you've all been trained in? Do we need to add anything? So we we came up with the guidelines, slightly different, but mostly the same, really, um, just a few small changes. And that is what I then built to make the MorphoTrack training program. Three- and five-day lecture courses are available for civilians and law enforcers, but Spahn says that should not be the end of their face recognition training. They should continue to work with experienced mentors. She says someone with average abilities should train for about three months before handling face recognition cases on their own. But most people she encounters have been on the job for a while before they find training, which she says is difficult to get. So when it gets down to the process of analyzing and comparing facial features... Well, my favorite feature is the ear, just because facial recognition systems, they treat the ear more or less as texture. They're not looking at it as a specific feature. It's just part of the external area of the face. So I always recommend that the first thing you look for anytime you're doing a comparison is the ears. Even in a frontal image, you can see a fair amount of detail in the ears. And what you're looking for is the patterns. You want to make sure the pattern of the ear matches. Every little nook and cranny, make sure you see similar bumps, ridges, furrows in the ear as you go across. The other reason the ear is important is it gives you a sense of the imaging of properties. Oftentimes, the images we see will be poor quality. They'll often have compression, so you won't get any detail on the ear. So that gives you a bit of information about how was the picture taken. You can tell the tilt of the head, the angle of the head by how much of each ear you see. So that tells you more about the image. So if you're comparing two images, you can say, well, the nose looks different, but since I see one ear and not the other, I know there's a swing to the head there. So I should expect there to be differences. So just focusing in on one feature and combining it with the overall knowledge of how that picture was taken can start piecing together to get to the whole. The primary method through which face examiners do our work is through something called morphology comparison. The morphological method is where you're zooming in on these features, each independently, uh, and then you zoom out and look at it overall. So they say that when you take untrained individuals and put them in front of a face to compare it, they're using holistic methods. They're looking overall at the entire face at once. They're using the innate built-in abilities we have as humans to recognize other humans. 
phase examiners are almost trying to override that ability because we're zooming into the specific details, kind of like looking at one puzzle piece at a time and then backing out to figure out where that piece fits into the puzzle. So again, the movement of the eyes, if there's a wrinkling of the eyes, you can use that to give you information about should the forehead be lower or higher? Should the eyebrows be where they are? So just going into the minutiae, scars, marks, moles, freckles, we love seeing those on a face, especially freckles. You can kind of follow them around like a constellation pattern. (laughs) That's very helpful. So to be able to see those small details and then back out and analytically fuse it all together to form your conclusion. Because sadly, even with passport photos, you know you're looking at a difference of about 10 years between every set of photos you see. Once you add the aging in and the properties of the imaging system, you know there's going to be differences. So what becomes very difficult to tell is, can I say that I can account for those differences? I want to focus on the similarities. Spawn says face recognition professionals who've gone through training should be able to walk away knowing the proper terminology for discussing facial features, like the lateral canthus and the caruncle shape. I will admit, after people take the class, they usually feel a little overwhelmed. It's a lot of material at once. But as you start processing it through, they say it really does help them. One of the methods I teach is to do an overlay, a superimposition of the two images and blink back and forth. So you can see there's a wrinkle there. There's not a wrinkle. There's a wrinkle as you blink back. Um, And in one of the classes, the students were so excited that at their lunch break, They got some of their old cases, brought them in, did the overlay and said, oh, yeah, now I feel very confident in the decision I had already reached by saying these are or aren't the same person because now they had better tools in their toolkit to come to that decision. So it helps them with the confidence tremendously after they've had the course. When fingerprint biometrics became automated, we had a pool of fingerprint examiners sitting by ready, willing and able to do the comparisons. It actually reduced the workload on them to be able to have an automated system search for them. Previously, they would have to go through records manually to find the matches. So we had a pool of fingerprint examiners when we went to automated fingerprints. Complete opposite case in FACE. In FACE, most agencies have some people who look at identification documents, and that's it. So what happens is when they purchase the facial recognition system, they think, oh, well, I'll just make a double duty for my fingerprint examiners, or I'll throw my question document people at it. While the skill set is similar in that they're all comparative sciences, so you're learning to be able to tell, does this one match this one? There's a whole extra factor that goes into imaging a three-dimensional face over time under different imaging conditions. So I really think they need to focus more on the human component, making sure they understand how to do the comparisons. And also, I've trained groups that don't have automated systems. Previously, their people have just been security officers who say, I'm used to looking identifications uh, cards. I'm going to therefore be able to say now, rather than is the person in front of me the person on the card, is the person in the picture the person on the card? And that skill set we've seen over and over again throughout the literature, their miss rate is about 30%. With training, they can achieve near perfect accuracy once they know what really to look for and what methods to use. So I I think it's important, even if all they're doing is looking at ID cards, you know, that's usually the frontline defense we have. So I want to see those people get training as well. Spahn says accuracy is highest when the people using the facial recognition system aren't laymen, but are specifically trained in the manual matching of faces. Thank you to Dr. Nicole Spahn, MorphoTrack's face recognition expert. 
And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Regarding ID podcast.